0: When I'm driving down the road and my mind turns to meditation, it very often turns to how do I fix this issue in payment?
1: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Payments Innovation. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Darren Jackson from Rapid Financial Solutions. Darren, great to have you on.
0: Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here.
1: So why don't we, before we start, why don't we just talk to the listeners a little bit about who you are and kind of your background and and also what Rapid Financial do.
0: Sure, happy to do that. So, I have I've been in the payment space for, you know, about 20 years and but what uh, ultimately got me into the payment space was I was of all things a sports official and uh, I was a sports official officiated a lot of high school and college basketball in my early days and I hated the way that sports officials got paid. And so on uh, on one of those nights when the fans and the officials didn't necessarily agree with each other. The officials got ran out of the gym. And back in those days, we would actually fill out vouchers that had our name and social security number and the home address and phone numbers and all that. And we'd put them on the scores table. On this particular night, we got ran out of the gym. We kind of sat in the locker room for about an hour for the gym to clear out. And when we came out, our, our voucher was still sitting on the scores table. And so... That kind of triggered me you know, with a banking background in the, in the early days of kind of uh, identity theft. A lot of those trainings that triggered me to kind of get interested in fintech and creating solutions that solve identity issues and, and solve payment issues and distribution issues. So, so anyway, that company, we ran it for about five years, eventually sold it. Off to the NCAA, two thirds of it, retained a third of it, and spun up in about 2008, 2009. We spun up Rapid Financial Solutions and Rapid Financial Solutions. Uh, today we service about a thousand counties throughout the country in different uh, payment solutions from court disbursements to correction disbursements, restitution disbursements, a lot of different payment schemes and structures that uh, assist government entities in uh, in taking kind of the friction out of their payment solutions. So a little bit about me and, and who we are.
1: So is one of the probably more interesting routes into um, the payment space from from officiating on basketball into payment. Usually <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. these interviews, they've, they've had kind of years of banking experience or in the financial sector, uh, but you came from a very different world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, I've, I really, I, I was a banker, but honestly, it was my passion for fixing a, a real issue that I was dealing with that drove me into fintech. And so it was kind of a combination of both. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story. And what what was really interesting with that whole thing is, is uh, I literally, I, I initially, when I, when I sold, the product was called RefPay, when I sold two thirds of it, it wasn't originally to the NCAA, it was, it was to an entity that was later acquired by the NCAA. Way. And so literally one day i sold that off a few weeks later the ncaa purchased it and i was in business with the ncaa kind of overnight which is really an interesting dynamic and story but um it, it was it was a path that i i certainly uh, would never have predicted so it's been, been a
1: fun ride but i think it's a really interesting uh, story right because this is someone who you know from a completely kind of unrelated industry has come in and, and and payments affect so many industries kind of indirectly and i think kind of identifying that there's a there's a huge issue here in kind of identity. Identity theft and how that relates to payments—I think—is a really interesting transition into this world.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really been the root, honestly, of what we do at Rapid. Is that experience of officiating has, has transcended into the same experience in in a, a num- number of different sectors. And if you really say, you know, when I described Rapid prior, you know, we, we do a lot in government county work. To be honest, truth is, what we really look for niche, fragmented sectors that we can go in. And through software integrations, we can aggregate those fragmented sectors and provide payment solutions or fintech solutions to them. And and that model certainly has been been a working, a very successful working model for us and one that certainly originated probably from the foundation of how it began.
1: Okay, so listen, just just changing angles very slightly. So if we go back to kind of your, I guess, interpretation of what fintech is and kind of the root of kind of fintech innovation, where, where does that sit with you? What are your thoughts on that?
0: So I think when I think a lot about fintech, it's an extremely broad term when it comes down to it. So it's it's almost like asking somebody, you know, what do you think about medicine? Well, you know, there's just so many broad definitions of, of what that means. But in my mind, when it comes to fintech, as you boil it down, I really have spent a lot of time thinking that there's really eight different sectors that kind of define fintech. And in my definition of it, those sectors include anything like one sector is investing and trading, another one, wealth management, another one, kind of the loan and the credit and the mortgage sector, another one, the insurance sector, cryptocurrency, I think, is a fintech play, payments, I think, are a play, remittance and FX, and then I think crowdfunding. To me, those are different sectors that make up the term. FinTech. And, and when someone decides to play in fintech, in my mind, they need to choose one of those sectors. And then from there, I think they need to really start to get to the granular root of the problem they're trying to solve. But, you know, we hear this this term all the time of, of what it means all the way from insurance products to credit product, product. But when it's all said and done, if you really think about the term in general and you break it down into those subsections and then you determine, OK, where in these subsections is it applicable for me to play? I think that's where you start. If you want to play in FinTech and be part of the FinTech world.
1: Okay, but I guess the, the commonality in, in all of them is kind of understanding the, uh, I guess, the regulatory challenges and kind of banking reg- regulation that underpins all of this.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's one thing that, you know, I've, I've dealt with an enormous number of entrepreneurs over the years. And one of the hardest things, and I'm an entrepreneur, let me clarify that, through and through. And so I, I really relate to them. And, and there's kind of that that commonality that helps us really see eye to eye. But one of the hardest challenges that I think they find when it comes down to it is understanding that if you get to the, the root of any one of those sectors and you boil it down, you're going to run into regulation. And in most instances, in fintech, it's going to be banking regulation. And so I've seen so many people come along and and they've tried to to not address that issue. And and ultimately what ends up happening causes an enormous roadblock for them. And so, you know, and I I get pushed the limits with regards to pushing regulators to, you know, help us advance the spectrum, so to speak. But ultimately... when, when, I, when I invent a product or when I build a product, I really do start and, and try to make sure that I'm building within the framework as the regulation exists today. Because in my mind, that's the only way it's sustainable. And it's the only way that you have potential to really scale it. Because at some point, if you don't address that issue, you're going to get yourself in, in, in trouble when it comes to fintech.
1: So that's quite actually a good segue to, to my next question. And actually, because the, you, know, you, you mentioned there, you're an entrepreneur by heart, but you're also married with four kids. So how do you find time for this? And, and how do you kind of successfully develop a fintech application whilst managing family life and, and everything that goes with it?
0: Well, I'd tell you the first thing is you, you marry an incredible partner, which I've done. That, that's, how you, that's how you pull, pull off the... the <laughs> She's listen, is she
1: going to listen to this, I take
0: yeah, it? I hope so. <laughs> that's, that's, the way, that's the way you start. But, but the honest truth is, is for me... I always relate this when I talk about kind of being an entrepreneur or making sure you're an entrepreneur in the area that you should be. When I think about nothing at all, I think about payment. And I know that sounds maybe like a weird statement, but that's when I'm driving down the road and my mind turns to meditation it, It very often turns to how do I fix this issue in payment? And so it's my passion. So that's how I manage it, right? If I am inventing or creating, the way I balance it is I'm very blessed that I'm, I'm working in a career and, and, and in a sector that I absolutely love and that I'm passionate about. So I don't have to compete with, you know, going snowmobiling or working. To me, I've actually to work because I'm working on what I love. So that's really the way I balance it. But that being said, I will also tell you there are certain things that I've learned over the years it comes to creating fintech product that are absolute musts. And once I would caution people who are trying to invent products in this area that they need to be aware of. And and the real reality is because, you know, entrepreneur entrepreneurs only have access to so much capital and they can only kind of take this chance once or twice. So I'd I'd give them some guidelines that they maybe should follow if they're going to try to build a fintech product. You okay if I share with some of what,
1: what I think those are? Yeah, listen, that'd be really interesting.
0: So, I think I just made a list here of do's and don'ts. So, I, I think as far as do's, the first thing you need to do if you're going to build a fintech problem is spend time really identifying the the problem that you're gonna solve and solve real issues. I, I've seen so many fintech products where it it's kind of there people are trying to create a paradigm shift in the way people behave with their with their financial lives. And I get those are the, the ones that succeed at that are the ones that make they make the news and everybody loves. But when it comes down to it, the ones that really are sustainable are the ones that have been identified to really solve a root issue, and and it, sometimes you have to get pretty granular. When I invent a product, I oftentimes spend three, four, five months on the road, directly in clients' offices or at trade shows in different industry sectors or whatever, to really identify what I'm what I'm trying to fix. I don't try to fix this broad issue. I really find a defined issue, and and then I fix that issue, and then as I fix that my clients will tell me what the next piece is. And then I add the next piece and the next piece. And before I know it, I have entire platforms built around solving a, FinTech issue for a particular sector, so that, that's the first thing I just say: solve real issues. Make sure when you build your product, and you build it into the payment streams. I'm a huge believer in, in leveraging channel partner relationships. It's such a it's such a difficult issue when it comes to gaining scale in this market to try to not leverage other existing software providers and tie into their platforms. It's just really, really difficult. And then I'm a, my last thing when it comes to do I'm a huge believer in empowering consumer choice. So if you look at the solutions that we build as far as we play on the issuing side of payments, but, but our payment solutions are about empowering recipients to receive their funds in the way that they choose. I'm just a big believer for, for a lot of reasons that that's how you, you create a product that people love. As far as don'ts go, I would tell you that I would not expect that you have quit success when you are trying to challenge paradigm shift. really difficult to get people to change their behavior. But also tell you that you should expect consumers won't accept friction in your payment streams at all. So if you if you think that you're gonna invent something and you're gonna get kind of a two sided solution for a consumer, if they'll do this, then they get this benefit or, you know, there's some type of B2B solution and all my client has to do is this step and then they get all of these benefits. You're going to really struggle to get scale and to get people to buy into that. People want frictionless solutions. And so until you figure out how to create something frictionless, I wouldn't spend my time in that area. And, and if it can't be done because technology doesn't allow it or you can't, you know, create something that plays that, that actually accomplishes that, it's really difficult to find success. And, and and then the last thing that I would tell people when they're you can spend so much money building fintech solutions because you get down all these different rabbit holes and you build essentially a feature rich product without really going out and, and gaining scale. And what I would tell people is create a minimal viable product. And once you've created a minimal viable product, add the features later because the clients will tell you exactly what those features are that need to be created. And if you try to create them on the front end, you're just going to spend a lot of time and energy and, and a waste of resource and find out that you, you didn't understand the market like you thought you did. That's my suggestion for someone who wants to build a fintech
1: application. No, I think that I think they're really good suggestions. And I think you know certainly I can relate to a couple of those. I think you know the the number one on your do's in terms of you know address the address an issue, you know, work out what that is. I think that's not only important for, for building out your product, but also for building out your company and you know attracting the right, the right talent to to the company get everybody behind that mission you need to understand that if you know you are passionate about an issue that you are solving it's easy to explain i think the more complex it gets the harder it is a to to position yourself as a company but also to to position yourself uh, for hiring talent as well
0: absolutely no question about it
1: so finally, I, I just wanted to talk around, obviously, you know, you're, you're a serial entrepreneur, you have, you find kind of peace in payments, you know, you meditate and, and think about payments, which is, which is just, I guess, the, you know, the mind, delving into the mind of a, a payments entrepreneur. Um. So if you, we can just finish on kind of a, a bit of your experience around navigating the, the complexities of the payments landscape, because it, it is pretty complex, right? And, and we can talk about it in its simplest form, but when you're building a product and when you're going to market, there are a, a bunch of kind of complexities that, that you need to navigate and your customers need to understand. So do you want to spend a couple of minutes just talking around those?
0: Yeah, um, sure. And I I would tell you it is complex. I mean, the the U.S. payment system has a a lot of moving parts. Now, with that, I I don't want people to give up hope, because you can certainly learn it. I did. I I think a couple of things to keep in mind when when you are trying to navigate the, the U.S. system. Number one, you have to realize that payments and bankers are not the same thing. I think there's way too many people, when they try to get into this business, think that their banker actually knows payments. And I am here to tell you about 2% of bankers understand payments. The other 98% are really good at what they do in lending and you know, credit products and deposit products. Payments is none of those. And so what I would tell you is there are absolutely bankers and financial institutions that understand payments. But they're few and far between. And so my suggestion, anybody who wants to navigate the sector is they need to find those banking partners who actually understand payment. And so in, in essence, they need, to, they need to find a mentor in one of those FIs that actually knows what they're doing because the rest of it is it's tricky. As far as understanding, you know, where the associations fit into the mix, where does the processor fit into the mix, where does the program manager fit into the mix, where does the settlement bank fit into the mix? All of these different things make it really tricky, but the facts are if you can get to someone who really understands it, you can get a lot of your answers really quickly. It's just, you know, in my early days, I tried to I tried to figure this stuff out by, you know, searching the internet and you hear all these confusing terms and just, just don't get it. But eventually, my, my real suggestion is find a mentor and make sure that you partner with a bank who actually understands payments and, and you'll find success in this space. It's the greatest space. I, look, part of being the entrepreneur in me is I'm very interested in, in spending my time and energy in business models that, are, that have the most synergy and they have the most upside and the most excitement. And I've I've honestly never found another sector that that even comes close to this. And I've played in a lot of them. I've owned franchises. I've I've done business opportunities. I've I've done so many different things. But when it comes right down to looking at the nuts and bolts of the, the business model associated with payments, I truly believe it's one of the most viable and opportunistic business models that exist. And so those people who are willing to spend their time understanding and navigate this space will reap the rewards if they're really passionate and they love about it, kind of just as, just as I've done in this
1: space. Fantastic. Well, listen, Darren, I think that's, it's been a really, really interesting session. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, once again, you've been listening to Darren Jackson, who is president and CEO of Rapid Financial Solutions, from basketball official all the way through to kind of serial payments entrepreneur. Darren, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.